don't know whether to start with a who's a good girl or not. <laughs> but no, wrong no podcast. One's, no one's, no one's going to know exactly. Yeah, wrong, uh, wrong platform. Sorry, I forget this isn't my OnlyFans. Hello and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast. It's good to be back, starting starting off as we mean to go on, I see. Uh, we've got a very special guest in the studio. Um, she's going to be quite quiet. Um, it's it's Gemma the dog. She's shy. Yeah, exactly. Got, um, if you can see, though, we've got a little tail wag and she knows that we're talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, we I am also joined by uh, by Andy and Nat. You guys doing all right? Buzzing, mate. It's sunshining today. It's, this is spring. You know what oh. word I'd use, Nat? Spring has sprung. Gorgeous. 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 <laughs> you know what word I'd use? Stunner. Stunner. Have I ever, have we ever said the gorgeous story on this podcast? No, but you no. should go on. You got it. I feel written. like we All need right. to. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to let it rip. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was doing body fat caliper testing uh, with with Andy. Um, just showing me we, we do a 12 point test and Andy was just you know refreshing me and um, we had one of the one of the ladies very kindly stepped in from the gym and allowed me to do the do the test on her and I think I pinched I can't remember it was, it was, it was like quad was that was that was that was a hamstring or <laughs> Sorry, Peyton. So, was a pet major, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think I think it might have been a quad or a calf or something. And I was I just I just gave a pinch, saw the reading, it was like gorgeous, um, which is just my, my expression for oh yeah. great, lovely. And you got a big fat slab around his face. For reference, there was no slab. It was just more that more that Nat was just mortified and thinking, what are you saying, Max? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I thought we'd kick things off. Um, so today we're going to be talking about mental health uh, several different uh, mental health conditions our personal experiences stories and how that can potentially impact fitness motivation all those sorts of things um, so I thought topical uh, I would start uh, off with our facts being brain themed so uh, Andy do you want to start us off with your brain fact and keep it clean not like the ones in the car on the way here oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my brain fact is, is, I forgot to say in a voice uh, no, no, no. You know, I should have done that. Yeah. Like a professor. Like a, no. Yeah, there you go. Like, like, like a scholar. Like a German psychologist. A, 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 a brain surgeon. Whatever my, you like. My there brain fact, because, you know, I, I sound like a professor all the time. Yes. During the mummification process, mm. they used to take the brain out through the nose. Just so you know. Ooh. That sounds like a very... What? Impact. That's not your fact. Fuck, it is. <laughs> I mean, I, it's a fact that came out of his mouth. But, yeah, um, yeah that's... that's Weird and disturbing to Imagine think about. Imagine doing that. That is fucking. I'd sick. rather not. <laughs> why would they your... mental health problems? Why take would they take your brain out? Because like, oh, no, they take them. all the organs out as it's sort of like a. Before they wrap them. They're probably yeah. eating them in those days, isn't it? Why don't they yeah. just take it out of the head? Well, then you've got there's, there's not an orifice oh. to take it out. There, yeah, and, and I wonder what they use because, like, and how them. the hell can you fit that out your nostril? Well, well, you, you can fit it out of yours, Andy. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> nah, how about yours? Um, your brain's storage capacity nah. is virtually nah. unlimited. Nah, yours, eh? <laughs> I got you back. <laughs> no, that's not even funny. That's a, that's a There's no coming. such thing as knowing too much or learning too much mm. it doesn't have like a knowledge is power yeah mm. you can um, keep going <laughs> well well, mine mine is very uh, very poignant for me I think and Andy enjoyed this yes. uh, because your brain is not fully formed until age 25 Jeez. this brain development begins from the back of the brain and works its way to the front therefore the frontal lobes controlling mostly planning and reasoning are the last to strengthen I oh, that's uh, so interesting. No plan, planning so, no, no planning, no reasoning for at least another eight months or so. Mate, yeah. whatever yeah. argument we ever have now, I'm just gonna have that to say. So mate, you've got no planning or reasoning behind that. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. So it's... you're just not meant to be planning or reasoning. I, 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 it's just it's just that it's not fully formed. I wonder if that's yeah. gender based um, as well. Um, could potentially because you, women, like, rate of development's different. Love a plan. For, no, they well they, in that pu- too. Puberty finishes earlier, <laughs> don't it? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I imagine it. But then it, also, maybe I read, they've taken the mean. I suppose. Mm. I read that your brain could start. Is it deteriorating? Yeah. From the age 30. of thirty. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So you're five it's peak five years. Five years, years of your prime. Enjoy that twenty-five. I'm to 30. in there now. Yeah. I've got one more year. Yeah. Oh, and then Vegas. 
Jesus. <laughs> where I lose all my brain cells. Yeah, I imagine so, yeah. <laughs> that is mad. Um, let's get into the main discussion, though, guys. Um, I thought I'd kick off and, you know, potentially be even a little vulnerable um, with any personal stories surrounding uh, mental health um, or poor mental health. Um, have either of you two got anything you, uh, you fancy uh, fancy sharing? Hmm. Mental health. I think I used to suffer from anxiety mm-hmm. and nervousness, but I think I think it's a process of growing up, and everyone has different levels of it. It's mm-hmm. just how aware you are of what it is. So I used to confuse the feelings of it with being ill. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could you would get sweaty, you would get like palpitations, and then you would lose focus, and yeah. then you would, cons- I would I would confuse that with I'm ill, there's something wrong. So I can definitely vouch for that, but. I feel like looking back at it now, I'm so pleased that it happened. Yeah. Because it's helped a lot with what I do now. But yeah, other than that, not really. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I've gone through um, like times of like uh, grieving, which was really tough mm-hmm. and still is. Um, but not, I'm not a very like anxious person. I'm a very chilled out person. I'm very laid back. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, mentally, I think grieving was the the toughest thing for me. But mm. Mm. yeah, that's just, just just a beach ball bouncing back. Yeah, but what, <laughs> but what about that time? Yeah, when we were in London, and like there was a fake terrorist attack. We thought oh, it was a terrorist okay. attack. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't unaware. We weren't aware of it. But you had like dreams for yeah, months I, and months. Yeah. Mm. So that didn't pop up actually in um in like. I guess it didn't like affect me in real life but when in my dreams I used to have really bad nightmares mm. and I still do actually and that and what is that five years on now basically I was stuck in uh, it was like a fake terrorist attack mm-hmm. in London and um, as far as we know it was an actual it was an actual attack that was happening so and I remember being in um, oh, it was Black Friday and I was shopping with Andy's mum and his sister and the whole like security guards and everything came rushing into the shop we were in Oxford Street and they um, they said that we all needed to get down we all needed to take, to take cover and mom. it was an emergency everyone else went down like got down onto the floor hid under counters and stuff and I just ran. She left And him. I ran and I ran. <laughs> and him. I ran into this office wow. block that was off of Oxford Street and I just got into the lift and went to the top floor. And they were all having a meeting and that was like... And I just <gasps> bursted in. And I wow. was like, there's a terrorist attack. I need to get in here. And it wasn't And there. anyway, so as far as everyone knew, it was happening. Yeah. And then luckily it was a false alarm and everything mm-hmm. went back to normal. But I still, that fear, I still, I, that obviously, I still remember that. And it yeah. comes out in my dreams. Yeah, I remember um, it, what it was, was I think people were having a fight on a train station in Oxford Street. There was like a bang or something. And, and then it just it was like snowballed. Chinese whisp- it was like Chinese whispers and it snowballed and the whole of London literally went into lockdown because they thought it was a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And I remember me, my dad, we were in a cab and we were over by, I think it was like, Aldgate and we were trying to get over to Oxford Street and the cab driver was like my daughter's there get in the cab I'm not going to charge you and he was like zinging in and out of like all the lanes I was like right you can get across London quick when you don't follow any rules isn't it <laughs> and then we got there and we like said to him stop because it was at that time where people were like shooting out of vans and stuff yeah it was the bridge it was the, like, the bridge, bridge disaster of, bridge so we were like we, we thought we mm. were going to get popped so I, I remember running into a coffee shop and then trying to get wifi and then guess what Nat's battery runs out my sister's battery runs out <laughs> and so it was just mad but yeah, yeah. you still get nightmares now yeah and yeah. Then, then they ju- now they just pop up like around November time like when it um, November when it, time yeah because that's when it happened wow damn yeah that's no. really heavy yeah. but yeah it doesn't go into like daily life but mm. yeah no I, I mean to, to get a little deep with myself I'm it was from quite a young age, really. Um, but I mean, surround, surrounding food and, and, and stuff like that. Um, when I was much younger, probably about 11, 12, 13-ish, I had visible abs. And therefore, when you go into a PE changing room, 
people will look at you and then um, there was there was some I, I obviously no one really knew you were all just kids at the time but then it was perceived that I was taking steroids um, for a little oh. while no, gen- genuinely when oh, I was really sick I would have loved that yeah honestly <laughs> when, I was, when I was a kid and um, then yeah there was that perception um, which was obviously obviously completely false um, but then that kind of put me in a certain place with people's view on me and I remember every single day without fail, I wouldn't go to sleep before I did 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups oh, really? um, without fail. Um, and it kind of spiraled from there. So yeah. well, to was, prove to them that you were working out, that's why you had them. Well, no, not necessarily to prove that I was working out, but then people started viewing me in a certain way. And then I was just like, okay. That you would always have abs. Yeah, exactly. So I started doing that. Um, I was then super conscious about fat in anything. Like I like pick pastry and like uh, the things like that off of things just so mm. I could eat the eat the filling and bits and pieces like that um, I remember I think the, the probably worst it ever got for me was there was this there was a time and I felt really bloated for a while and this is this is really sad and really a bit a bit fucked the more I'm thinking about it but um, you know on a dressing gown that you get yeah and you get the little robe yeah um, in, the, in the middle and the little tie I took that off and I put that on and I tied it around my stomach a couple of times of and then put that underneath my uh, school uniform. No. For, uh, for like a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, Max, how old were you then? I was probably about 13-ish. Oh my gosh. Yeah, about a ballpark. But it's yeah, scary, it's, isn't it? It just progressed to that point. Yeah. It's well. scary that at that age, like there's still, like if you look at a 13-year-old now, you think, oh, what worries mm. do you have? Mm. But they do yeah because you, you, you put you put so much value into people's perception of you and I think yeah I was just I, I fully just fed into it and I was mm. uh, I, it was then just like it's it was never really enough and with my it, it, obviously inexperience and lack of knowledge on things I wasn't aware of how to do it in healthy safe ways um, but yeah the way I viewed myself um, is a, like obviously periods where I was just afraid of eating anything with any fat in it. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was almost, almost like a, a body dysmorphia. Yeah. where it was like I was constantly never ripped enough. Yeah, and it got to the point where I was, I, you know, I was incredibly lean, like ridi- ridiculously lean, mm. and I was still just like, eh, this still pokes out a little bit mm. and stuff yeah. like that, and I wasn't wasn't happy with it. Would you say it um, still gets you at times? Um, <sighs> It's fed into it a little bit since I'm potentially my, my career change it into being a PT mm. because there's even more of a perception of mm. you're Stigma. the guy that's fit. Stigma. That's in that's in that sort of shape. So it maybe it maybe occasionally at points you have that bought up, mm. but it's something that I've I've moved past and I've become much healthier in the way I, I, view, I view myself much happier and yeah. content in like eating nice things whenever mm. I want and not being worried about it because it's not important to me the way people view me like mm. it was when I was a kid mm. um, and I think that's just obviously growing up you know my brain's still not fully developed clearly um, <laughs> still got another still got a little while um, but um, yeah that's, uh, that's 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 my, uh, my, my I think that's quite important it. to say so I think um they uh, people always think about younger girls mm. going through that but you don't often think about younger lads no, no. boys um, going going through that issue i think it's tricky and we've it's something we've maybe spoken about on the podcast before of um beauty standards and just just from my perspective you know i'm, I'm obviously aware you know there's there's you know everyone's beautiful different shapes and sizes absolutely n- nothing wrong with whatever shape you are but I feel like men's beauty standard is one thing, mm. whereas women, there are several different types of beauty which you can aspire to, of being like a Kim Kardashian or being like a Kate Moss or whatever it is. Yeah. With a bloke, it's like, can you get big, vascular, and ripped? And that's that's kind of it, mm. yeah. or if it feels like that at least. And then yeah, it was it was just it was it was really not 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 a good time to be honest with you, just mm. in my life, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, we've really we've really hit off on a no. on a low well, note. You know but... what's going to happen in your next program? He's going to make you fat blood too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. I'll start eating meat, and then you know we'll, we'll see what happens from there. <laughs> Have you guys ever had sort of a period where you've been you've been conscious about the way you look, 
um, yeah. and and you know potentially unhappy and therefore gone to like not necessarily extreme measures, but you know you've you've you push yourself to what you'd consider an unsustainable mm. um, place. Definitely early on, it's probably the same time. Not so much thirteen, more like sixteen. Being in football dressing rooms, and people were lean, and I wasn't lean. I still mm. play every week. I was playing, but I wasn't that lean. Team mm. soft belly, and yeah. like it was like right now I'm going to get lean so from like 16 to 21 I was like on it gym nutrition da, 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 I would get lean and then I realised it didn't really matter too much because the level of leanness I was trying to aspire to didn't really matter in the sport anyway because mm-hmm. it wasn't like I wasn't lean it was just like there were certain players that were like ripped Yeah. and it was like well if I'm not ripped like them then I can't be that good mm-hmm. so there was a little period but I think it, the way I look at it now, it's all part of the process of like learning how to get lean. I, I learned how to get lean and now I know what to do. When I want to do it, I'll turn the dials on it. It wasn't really a mental, I wouldn't class it as a mental problem because I enjoyed the process of it. But I did definitely feel the peer pressure of being in a dressing room and like I wasn't that lean. Mm-hmm. So, but Andy did get, Andy did a photo shoot once and you mm-hmm. got super lean yeah, and for I hate that. Him. And oh he was the yeah. worst person to be around hated it and we couldn't go out for dinner not because, because of not because of um, because I couldn't eat stuff on the menu it wasn't that I was dieting properly I was eating well it was just like it made yeah, me anxious it. it made me like stressed it made me tired and I was like yeah, let's just go home can't be bothered and it wasn't it wasn't because oh it's not chicken on the menu or there's not rice on the menu I can't only have that it wasn't because of that it was because of like it, the way it made me feel. So like I needed to go to the toilet all the time. I felt anxious. I felt like agitated. Mm-hmm. It was those kind of things. And I'm like, what is the point in that? I'd rather be fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I remember I put on weight when I was about 16, and I was always super. I guess quite quite slim and really like lanky, like all arms and legs when mm-hmm. I was growing up. And then I think I just stopped doing stuff because you're like a 15, 16 year old girl and all you want to do is just hang around with your mates and stop Mm -hmm. doing any sort of sport. So I, and then that's when I gained weight and obviously just puberty and hormones (laughs) like you would kind of at that age. Um, So yeah, and I felt like my body was different and I (laughs) I remember going on, cereal diets were like you remember special care yeah yeah and looking in like <laughs> girl talk magazines and you probably don't know girl talk right? I, I, I probably <laughs> does <laughs> <laughs> um, those kind of magazines because they were just plastered everywhere like you would look on the front of a magazine and it's not like that now but it will be like lose lose 10 kilos in two weeks or you'd get cancelled if you said anything like that now Mm -hmm. or if any magazine said that and it was like look how much weight Kim Kardashian has put on or no it was like Jessica Simpson look how much she's put on so you get plastered with all these images every single day Mm -hmm. I remember that as a as a teenager and yeah I probably just didn't eat very much at all yeah trying to lose weight and then luckily about a year into that I started training and, mm. and it his, kind of sort, sorted out, sorted place. itself out, and yeah. Man yeah. got his first transformation, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 you say things like that have died out, though. Like I remember seeing a, seeing a post on social media, and they genuinely published this in I think I think it might be in an Australian magazine, but it was um, celebrities. Mm. They had the hot hot ones, hot or not, uh, and then the ones that had fallen out of shape. Yeah, and it was just like a full page of Leonardo DiCaprio with a bit of a soft belly on the beach and saying DiCaprio looking more like the iceberg from Titanic um, and stuff like that it's 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 not dead it's still there wow. very much so um, maybe not front and centre like it was previously yeah. but or maybe I've just stopped reading I, th- I think maybe scene. you've got to a healthier place now and you've, you've stopped <laughs> maybe that, that stuff just doesn't bother me now like I don't look into it and mm. I, yeah, I used to actually, I never used to look at my body and I never used to like looking at it or seeing it in photos. And I used to be quite obsessed with it. Mm. But to be honest, I just, I, I think it's amazing what your body can do and and how strong it can get and what it's able to do definitely as you grow older as well. Yeah. I think I've definitely focused more on that. 
I think also as you get older, just what it looks like. Also, as you get older, most of your friends don't really look after themselves anyway. So, you know, when you're like 16, everyone's lean, everyone looks good. Then, as you get older, people let themselves go. But because you've been moderately looking after your body, you're always in a better shape mm-hmm. than most people around your age. You know, and I, I think it makes it you, you you look at it less because you don't actually have to. There's no real. It's not like competition, but there's no real like. You're in a, a better place than most people of your age anyway because of mm-hmm. what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just to, just to break down some some specific um, mental health conditions that you can have. I mean, depression is probably the the biggest one, um, which I think the majority of people is is the most commonly suffered um, mental health situation. I, it's it's tricky to know how to how to really class it because classing it as an issue. That puts a stigma behind it, and yeah, condition again has a super medical term. But and obviously, there's a spectrum, mm. so you can have bouts of depression, um, and it can be clinic, clinical, um, yeah, chronic um, depression, yeah. which can be equally, um, you know, troublesome for a lot of people. Um, but in terms of like things which which can happen as a side effect of it, you've obviously got things which negatively impact. Uh, your physical state as well as your mental so it's it's like lethargy over and under eating I think people don't necessarily perceive the, mm. the depression mm-hmm. as have under eating they perceive it as you know drinking liquid Ben and Jerry's but um, yeah sadly mm. it can leave you in an emptiness uh, sort of state where you don't actually want anything um, I, I don't know if you guys have had any clients which have, have, have had similar issues and how you've maybe actually spoken to them to try and help them sort of get through periods like that I guess it depends on how long it lasts Mm -hmm. because depression is it might be a mixture of feelings or it might be having no feeling at all yeah really and if you can get to know your emotions and what triggers those emotions and knowing that emotions can come and go Mm. and how you react when you're having those emotions because we're human we'll all we will all get sad and we will all get happy mm-hmm. and then we'll have a ha- like a medium that we just stay mm-hmm. at most of the day so it's knowing when those sad points are like how how long does that last and what what reactions do you get from that so yeah. for some people it might be eating more for some people it might be like over exercising as well yeah um mm. it might be yeah, it's how it's what you do as a reaction yeah. for for people, those emotions. People have different coping mechanisms to, to anything, but yeah, yeah. N- like few of them are ever healthy, especially when it becomes obsessive. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, the other knock-on effects. There's insomnia as well, which is a yeah. separate condition, but um, usually there's there's actually a massive correlation between the two. So insomnia off, often causes depression and vice versa, mm. as well. But then that has a, has a bunch of knock-on effects like energy levels, stress cognitive function and sex drive and, and things like that but all of those you you've got to like layer it so obviously if you're suffering with insomnia and then you become uh depressed and then your sex drive decreases and then your partner gets mm. you know agitated with you and then that causes more stress and then it it, it just spirals and really does snowball um and yeah. it's sort of connecting the dots and realizing when you may need to reach out to someone close to you i think ultimately that's what you need to do whether you're speaking to I think be careful who you're speaking to because sometimes if you're speaking to friends maybe that fuels it as well maybe if you if you can speak to a professional or if you want to go down the exercising route and you feel like you're over exercising or you're too obsessive with it maybe speak to Mm. your personal trainer Mm. speak to somebody that can that can help and that always it's being selective with who you speak to about it, I think, in a lot of cases, because if you speak to a friend who's particularly close, the the tricky thing you can find in situations like that is that then they'll overcheck up on you, and at a time where you may be feeling fine, mm. they may bring True. it up and talk, try and get something out of you because they think you're hiding something, even yeah. if you're not. Then or they could like, be like over-empathetic as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, and then that can be irritating or it can just make you think well I wasn't but now I'm thinking about it and then overthinking yeah. and then spiral from there mm. um, so it's a tr- it's a tricky thing because then you don't want to be known as oh Max he's he's the one that's you know a little bit mm, funny funny in the head 
um, you know, he has he has bouts of this and that, and you know yeah. that, that 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 can be really a, a yeah. massive problem for a lot of people, depending on who they talk to. I feel like a lot of people also like to label it quick, and it's like mm. some of those feelings are actually okay, and like understanding mm-hmm. those yeah. feelings are okay will actually help you get over it. But because we're quite quick to label things, because there's a therapist for everything now, yeah. or there's a service to be offered, mm. we have to create these things to sell. It then. And once you're put into a box, you feel like you can't get out of that box. And so I think it just takes a bit of like education. One of the sayings that I really like is, love looks forward, hate looks backwards, but fear has eyes all over its head. And what I find is with a lot of people that are depressed, there's something that they hate about something. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, if you love stuff, you're looking forward to things. And if you've got lots of stuff that you're anxious about is generally fear you're looking at everything else apart from maybe the thing that you need to improve on which will then get you over the fear so I I guess when I try and help my clients it's understanding what the driver is for the emotion Mm -hmm. whether it's like hate, love or fear and then you would look to help that based on on those things yeah but yeah, it's not labelling it. I feel like you trap yourself sometimes. You do. I, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah, maybe expressing yourself with actually how you feel. So yeah, you might feel anxious or let's say you might feel happy. But what are those feelings when mm. you get happy or when yeah. you get anxious? I also and labelling that rather than just saying. I also feel like understanding someone's stubbornness level is important because... Mm sometimes people enjoy it yeah. they enjoy being depressed or they enjoy having anxiety feelings or they enjoy love and looking at those kind of things and they don't want to change why um, do you think people may, may because may maybe that? it's an attention also that it brings towards you mm. and so sometimes it's like what you say about the trigger it's like maybe you sh- you're also over trying to get them out of it mm. let them come out of it naturally um because they actually want to be in that scenario for a bit of time. Mm. And people have mm. their phase where it's like grieving, you're talking about grieving, let someone grieve. You're not you're not supposed to change that. Grieving is part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I feel like your support network can sometimes be the problem or yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think labeling it with something if something has directly caused you to feel a certain way it's not necessarily a condition that you've got. It is just a reaction, which is completely natural. Exactly. Um, I mean, the tricky, like, physical knock-on effects you can have, like depression and stress, both both cause um, uh, blood vessels to constrict, which can cause cardiovascular issues mm. um, in your performance in the gym and stuff like that. So it does have a massive knock-on effect. And we talked about, obviously, again the worst word in fitness arousal uh, before you <laughs> before you go to lift something if you're feeling a bit glum then it's going to be hard to actually want to try hard at something mm. um, and then obviously your, your result is largely based on oh I'm at least you know pushing myself and if you're not pushing yourself and you're running through motions at what you'd consider very comfortable weight then maybe you're not going to get the result that you want and then that can mm. again spiraling yeah i don't think everyone who's in the gym needs to be pushing their max and Mm. if you're just sometimes going through the motions for just mentally being there or Mm. having a change of scenery or coming away from home then that's fine too um it it does help a lot of people exercise i think it also i think most things could be cured worth by exercise yeah i I also think it matters to understand whether you're like sympathetic or parasympathetic and what your natural state is whether you're like someone who has like loads of arousal and you're like fiery and that's kind of the stressiness that you go by and that's what drives you Mm -hmm. or whether like a bomb can go off and you're relaxed and you're chilled and like never stress you have to understand the person and what drives them and then the second thing is you have to understand the use stress de-stress continuum Mm -hmm. whether the stress is going to be detrimental to the person or it's actually going to be something that's going to help them elicit change and be good and if you look at it from that perspective if you're a coach let's say or if you're going to train yourself and you understand that you know when to turn the dial up or down Mm -hmm. and I think that's where people need to educate themselves more on their emotions Mm -hmm. and what their natural go-to emotion would be if it's fight or flight kind of comes Mm -hmm. it's like can you control yourself and be calm in fight yeah or is it the actual time where you do need to get your palms are sweaty weak arms are heavy (laughs) and just go for it because guess what (laughs) you're supposed to be like that in some situations because that's your protective mechanism so 
I find it like this is my thing with the labeling it's like some of it is also a natural reaction that you've got to become accustomed to and that will help you get over it mm-hmm. there's a concerning amount of rap going on in this in this and podcast spars, like, we're, we're, like, week, week on week <laughs> I mean talk about the gym being the cure for everything though I mean anxiety again the massive one respiratory issues fast breathing shortness of breath again a massive issue with exercise and also then the fear of fear of crowds um, things like that but going to the gym can obviously exacerbate that mm. um, feelings of self-doubt so I'm, uh, maybe I feel like oh I don't belong here why am I, why am I coming everyone else around me looks incredible um, and I don't fit in so what, what would either of you two say to someone that's come in the gym that's experiencing these sorts of feelings of anxiety and self-doubt in themselves keep coming keep coming get a decent coach <laughs> get someone who's going to help you mm. but keep coming because I think that that is the money maker that's the, that's the deal breaker that's the thing that's going to that get you better that is also 70% of my clients when they start that is growth mm. that's like that's the majority unless, of my un- clients unless you're mm. in real danger like it's it's a dangerous situation for you to be there I think you need to put yourself in like those situations more to come out the other side and there's going to be days where it feels like the worst thing ever but if you come out the other side it hey, feels so good we've just yeah. basically told the nation about three different problems that we've had but we come out the other side yeah. and that's part of the story so you know if you're always running away from stuff then you're always just going to be exactly as you are yeah. you're, never, you're never going to have a smooth ride no. towards where you want to be no way but that's the best thing about it yeah it, no, any easy journey is never it. a satisfying one no mm. no, yeah. no no it isn't I think if you're thinking about going to the gym today do it <laughs> just, <laughs> here's your here's your cue now to do it and if you're still really scared then just speak to a professional about it mm ask a personal trainer ask a coach somebody who you actually feel comfortable talking to Mm -hmm. just watch that Shia LaBeouf video just do it do it do it (laughs) there's also like and if you're in the gym now well done there's going to be more people like (laughs) you keep listening so actually it's an opportunity for you to go and find more people like you and you can also assist other people overcoming that same issue so it's almost your responsibility to come over it because you can then help the next gen of people that are in the same position. There's nothing better than helping someone through an issue you've gone through yourself because you feel you know exactly what they're going through, you know how they're feeling. Mm. And yeah, it, it, honestly, being able to get someone out of that is is, is a massive, massive, uh, I don't know, you feel, you you feel uplifted. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. necessarily need to go to someone and say, hey, I can help you, I've been there. You just mm. need to lead from the front. Just do it, your actions will help. Yeah. Because as we've just discussed, sometimes you can push someone over the edge trying to help. You mm. don't actually have to physically help, you can just lead. Shall we Shall we brighten the mood a little bit with a game? Go on then. Go on then. Go on. Andy, do you want to do do introduce this segment? Let's get ready to rumble. She is a big fan of this segment. She really likes that. She's ready to rumble. Wackiest tail I've I've ever seen to be yeah. fair. It's not the, just the tail, it's the whole bum. Oh yeah. Everything wiggles. <laughs> Having the iceberg lettuce abs, Maximus God. <laughs> I've never heard the expression iceberg, iceberg lettuce. lettuce. Uh, it was supposed to be like ice cubes, but I said the wrong thing. Iceberg lettuce is round. I was like, that's, yeah, that's round. You want to get yeah. like rocket, rocket, <laughs> or remain, remain yes. lettuce, remain abs, abs in it. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, guys, I thought I would assign us all our random topics. We're gonna fight it out. It's interesting. Some of these are, are products, but we'll see how we get on. Anyway, Nat, yours are home workouts. Andy, oh. yours are gym workouts. Jeez. Mine are workouts just in the great outdoors. Oh, oh yeah. Problem with both of those. Three, two, one, go. Gym. I don't even have to leave the house. This is a gym podcast. It's not a gym. It's a fitness no, podcast. It's not anymore. Fitness. <laughs> it's a gym one now. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to be at one with nature oh. is my question. Fresh Me. air. Who likes fresh air when they're breathing no. really, really heavily? Oh. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if it rains. Yeah. Yeah, then you're getting you're getting wild. Have you no. seen uh, have you seen Ross Edgley's uh, The Art of Resilience? Yeah, no. barefoot running. 
No, that's be a one. Climb a tree. I could literally make a cup of tea, put the washing on, put the dinner on. Interval train. Sounds great. So what you're telling me is lots of uh, lots of distractions is what I'm hearing now. Yeah. Put a kid on love. Yeah. No rest. Rest periods. Active rest. No one likes homework anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They like home workouts. <laughs> well, I was the thing. In 2020, I was the thing. 2020, you were close. So mate. you're so yeah. last year. I, I lived for that one hour outdoors. I think we all did, so we all know where you want to be working. Yeah, but uh, we all ago. lived for that 23 hours indoors. Two minutes ago. <laughs> two minutes ago. What would you say to someone who doesn't think about going to the gym? Go to the gym. <laughs> Hypocrites. Nah, or no, work out stay in general. Inside. Yeah, stay inside. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. Nah, go outside. Yeah. Hug, a, hug a tree. No, say that's hi not a workout, a, Say hi to a squirrel. You call that a workout? Oh, and I climb the tree then, yeah. Apply a functional, apply a, a, like real world gym. movements. Gym, get me. Home bay. I don't even have to advertise my gym. It's that good. Come to it. No, I, I actually I hate home workouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Boom. done with them. Gym. And in, in fairness, there's not. Should we all agree that the gym wins? In, yeah, in, I was going to say, in fairness, there's no weight in the great outdoor unless you can curl a tree. Lift a tree. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. All right, fair game. Go to the gym, come see one of us or any. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> we sanitize. <laughs> Plugs out of the way. Um, right, guys. I thought I would break down just a couple of a uh, couple of quick resources or just fire them out, just so people are aware about places where they can go if they're looking for more information uh, or for some help, depending on what situation there is. And I didn't realise there's actually localised um, NHS mental health helplines. So it depends on uh, where you are in the country as to what number you call. But if you go uh, and search NHS mental health helpline. Uh, you tap in your area code and then it gives you the, the number you should call and that will connect you with someone in your area that can give you some help. Uh, we've spoken about family and friends, obviously, being selective with maybe the sort of people who, um, who you do choose to confide in. Um, I think you can you can make a judgment call on that. Um, what, are, what, else, what else have we got down? Headspace uh, and similar apps, which I think are really, really useful for calming centering you having having that sort of ritual as well because i think rituals are incredibly important whenever you're suffering with some form of mental health so if you can find something which feels structured and gives you a purpose to maybe get out of bed to do something each day which you know is good for you which is going to help you you know clear your mind get rid of those anxious anxious thoughts and that's something which is really good um, and obviously charities such as the Samaritans but there are there are dozens which can help you um, I don't know if either of you two have have, have any extras you could yeah uh, I was going to say what mix. do you do for to relax what do I do to what relax what do you do like if you're stressed out basketball how exactly oh, really? love that love that talk yeah. to Frank um, what do you do now I, if I've had a really stressful get a day, get a dog. But also, <laughs> if I just need to like relax, uh, we we've just been watching the in between us. I watched something really really rubbish where I don't even have to think about mm. any of the plot yeah. or I anything on on TV. Yeah. Don't um, be a bus wanker, be a walking wanker. I barbecue. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> Ooh, friend. Barbecue is what I do. You know, the whole process of lighting the coal, watching the coal, cooking the things. Caveman. That's chilled. Caveman over yeah. there. To get into other, other mental health um, issues you can potentially be hit with, um, OCD is one I don't think many people talk about. Mm. Um, one thing I found interesting, though, was um, I remember I took my, when I was taking my A-levels, you know, a couple months ago, Andy. Um, <laughs> B-tech, <really? laughs> um, uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, B-tech, PE. Uh, no, when I was taking my A-levels um, uh, many years ago, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was nearly a quarter of all students uh, claimed OCD um, because it gave you uh, extra time in all of your exams your your generation no. um, yes yeah, honestly you didn't you didn't need um need um, medical authentication either um which was oh, is quite shocking which is what made me when i was looking up some statistics feel a little it was a little askew as to how many people actually suffer with it but there can be lots and lots of things um which it can present you with which will make everyday life and uh, and being in good physical shape a bit of a struggle hi Gemma I'm just getting my getting my hand licked uh, <laughs> that's 
There you go. So, Andy, get back in your chair. Honestly, seriously, sit down, mate. Come on. I'll report you to HR. Uh, oh, no, that's deeply disturbing. Um, save that for later, mate. All right. Anyway, um, the tricky thing you can have with OCD is that you can obviously lose hours in a day on really futile tasks or things which which will be um, I don't know putting all of your spices in your cupboard in alphabetical order and things like that and just by losing time like that it can obviously then take away from uh, tasks which you could be doing which would be significantly more productive mm-hmm. um, and I was just going to ask you guys if there's anything you guys would recommend people do or implement in their lives to improve their time management because it's not necessarily an OC, OCD is necessarily the problem so there are there are lots of things, um, uh, Google calendars and reminders and bits yeah, and pieces think, like that. But I don't know if there's anything specific you guys have uh, have had with some of your busier clients as well. You know, we have people yeah. that come in and you know they've got one hour spare in the day, and any minute longer than that is a minute that for them wasted. Yeah, I think having a grateful log at the end of the day makes you understand what you what's really important to you, so you can use that. And then in the morning, doing a to do list mm-hmm. so that you get priority tasks done and make sure that you focus on the most important thing first, get that done. Yeah. I think the other thing that I like to say is don't look at your emails as soon as you wake up or any social media notifications because you'll wake up reactive rather than proactive or productive rather. So mm-hmm. those are like the basic ones that every book under the sun tells you to do. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can learn to systemize and have some processes in place, you can also delegate tasks out that you don't need to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a position to do that, then you create space for yourself to do the better things that you want to yeah. be doing but yeah now how would you how would you recommend people go about streamlining their lives i'm the worst person Fucking to ask awful. about this <laughs> i am the most unorganized i have like a billion tabs open mm. even with my... his nickname for you that meant yeah. <laughs> i have a billion i have a billion like tabs open on my laptop I wish I was a bit more OCD. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> I think, I think that people's different personalities, like when people are really intelligent, every element becomes super like under the microscope. Mm. And right, that, can be, that can also be like a detriment because you focus so much on stuff being OCD yes. that you miss out on other stuff. Mm. But then when you have people that are not so intelligent but very, very creative... They're like, the reason why they're so creative is because they're not so fixated on stuff. Mm. And you find that people's different personalities have different traits and, yeah. and whatever. I like, am a more creative personality. But I do, if I get set on something, I do just continue with yeah. it. Like I'm, I'm really driven when it comes to that. When it's stuff that I, I don't really see important, I just don't do. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. keep putting it off and putting it off. I can't remember. Um, that. I think that I think it's called the Kaiser method. You work solid for twenty minutes, and you take five minutes off, and then you go again. Yeah. And it makes your. Is it called the Kaiser method? Or I'm the not Kaiser? sure if it's the Kaiser method. I'm familiar really with the method now. Yeah. But that method, I've tried it, and it fucking works. It's really yeah. good. Um, just because you can be really productive and focused. But I could work for hours on something and not need five minutes. But then I could. Depends on what you enjoy it. Yeah, maybe. I find that similar with motivation for me. It's just like tasks where I feel like I'm getting something out of it or I'm enjoying what it is mm. that I'm doing to an extent. I can I can go solidly, but anything yeah. that I find is is you know laborious, time consuming, and that I don't enjoy, then I will I will either put it off or I will need regular breaks because I can't. My focus isn't there if I'm not motivated by it. Yeah, um, I yeah. That's that's just me. Maybe it's my dyslexia. I think also it's um, not being afraid to hire someone who definitely can do something for you that you can't. Mm. <laughs> like stuff that are not your thing, hire someone to help you do it. It will be so much more productive and you'll move on to the next step so much quicker than if you try and do it yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, other things you can have with OCD. Um being obsessive about performance and statistics and I don't even necessarily think that's nece- that's uh, just an OCD thing again I think it's something which a lot of people can be affected with to an extent um, some of our clients who are incredibly stat driven um, mm. but the tricky thing is they then really struggle if they can't see a uh, a, a linear in a linear solid progression like they can't deal with the, the peaks and troughs sometimes it's, too, it's twofold I think it's uneducated on what the data represents so you get fixated on it because 
you think it represents something and secondly it's fear and anxiety that if you don't stick to that certain thing that's the be all and end all so I think it just comes down to it's a it's a like a security mechanism for most people mm. rather yeah. than anything else I think you can also then struggle to deal with the chaos that you're going to have in a gym environment as well. I mean, you know, plates being in the wrong place, for example, um, as something like that. And then just things being left everywhere, out of place, misaligned. Um, that can be another massive struggle. With those kind of people, when they're on, they're on. And when they're off, they're off. There's no middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> Most things you worry about, though, won't actually happen. Mm. So there's no there's no point in worrying, wor- worrying twice. That's <laughs> what I always think. <laughs> like so, what if you go to the gym and the plates are at a different place and yeah. just go and get them? <laughs> it's it's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's only you creating that in your head. There's a really cool exercise on a, that you can do on a piece of square paper. Mm. You basically map out. I think it's 85 squares and then you colour in your No, this, this will fuel anxiety to the max. <laughs> you basically have 85 horrible. squares because mm. that's like the average age of mortality and then you colour in your age in squares and then you look at it and how many squares are left you're like you better fucking get on with it because there's not that many squares left you know? that's awful that's just the type of person <laughs> that, that, that Andy sounds, is that's like, you better fucking get on with that it that sounds dreadful Andy I know I'm not lie, the mate. type of person I am I would just rip that shit up mm. yeah no mate I'm burning that Andy's like right sometimes it wakes people up because they're like so fucking OCD and worried about stuff they're not living their life I'm like you've got yeah. fucking 20 years to get on with it do you know what I think just channel it in the right way mm. if you're if you're OCD, channel it in the right mm. way. Like, I wish I was more OCD. Fucking mm. tell me. So yeah, I, I mean, just, I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing. Like some people as well, they can be so, so driven to get the task done and mm. it's done in such a perfect way. Yeah. And some people just can't be bothered with yeah. that. So I think mm. stick, stick with what you're good at. Yeah, I think even if, to your strengths. Even, even if you do struggle with it, it can, it can potentially be a good idea to not necessarily focus on the whole gym, but if you can control your small area. So if you yeah. need everything in its place, it can be in its place within your your box, for example, that you're working out in yeah. in a gym or something like that. Could be a, could be a potential coping mechanism. Mm. Yeah. Um, the last mental uh, health issue that I thought we would we would dive into a little bit is PTSD. Um, well, obviously, it has slightly more dramatic connotations um, perceived with war and all sorts of things like that. But you can have really, really negative experiences in the gym, which can put you off for a, for I think a long time. You can feel, um, for instance, I, like you know, I've I felt emasculated walking into some gyms mm. um, when I was when I was much younger, and then therefore that puts you off because you're thinking, well, I just saw the bloke on the bench before me benching 120 kilos and now I'm going to get on and bench the bar and some fives maybe and then that feels emasculating and therefore want to puts you off from going back and then you have significantly more serious issues of some sexual harassment for example that can go on in the gym so I, I don't know if if you guys have ever seen anything like yeah. that or how it would be best to deal with someone approaching you um, that is giving you un- potentially unwanted attention or unsolicited advice is something I think is very common with a lot of women um, who I've spoken to about their time in the gym. I've had people have a trainer before and then they like tear their groin doing a squat or hurt their back severely and then the trauma is they don't want to train in the gym with weights because they think that that's going to happen with us for example. Yeah, That's a really common one that I've had, bad experiences with trainers. Yeah, I think if you get an un- if you're a female and and a male actually and you're getting yeah. unwanted attention then there's usually a manager or somebody who works at the gym and you just need to let them know just throw a kettlebell yeah. at the minute <laughs> <laughs> are you if you're feeling, to throw yeah, if you're feeling uncomfortable yeah it just it just shouldn't shouldn't happen yeah well no I, th- I think it was I saw a video from um, was it Ben Carpenter put up yesterday him and his him and his girlfriend went to the gym they both sat on uh, sat on um, uh, set up in different squat racks there was a line of a bunch of them though and then the number of blokes that would keep coming over and asking her how many sets she's got left but then wouldn't oh, ever really? ask him we, he, just, he just was like this is weird everyone keeps coming over asking how many sets it's like they're just looking for an excuse to interact with her because mm. there are other free squat racks so mm. it's yeah it's, 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 a, it's a very strange thing I think headphones on 
Yeah, and exactly. just try and focus on what you're doing. You Thirty sets, isn't it? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Thirty lifting. sets of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Six minute rest. Six minute rest, and that. Uh, don't, exactly. don't sanitize it after, innit? Leave it with sweat. <laughs> they won't use it then. Mate, some people probably love that shit. Some people probably love that shit. Diving in, mate, honestly. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a class to set <laughs> a note to, to finish that one. Um, right, let's, let's raise the tone a little bit. Finish us off with uh, Max's Coffee Corner, which is back. Yes. The segment everyone waits for. CD. I was thirsty for this knowledge. Obviously. Um, so guys, this week I thought I would briefly touch on a Q grading score system, which is effectively a really, really simple way which coffee is graded. You need three independent Q grade judges. Uh, so none, none of them are connected and they all have to be independent. Um, and your coffee can be sent for Q grading. It is then sent to three separate judges who will give it a combined score based on several different factors. Uh, and it's, the score is out of 100, by the way. Um, only decent coffee will probably put their Q grade score on it. Or if you look on their website, for example, they'll probably have their Q grade score. If you can't find it, it's because they probably didn't test it because they probably didn't get a very good score or they got a very they got a subpar score and they didn't want to know the answer uh, or don't want you to know i should say um and for your reference plus 80 is considered speciality coffee what should it what should like so if you're looking for a, for a coffee like for instance um the easiest example is because you can buy it in a supermarket is probably union from waitrose which has their q grade score always on the side it's always in the mid to high 80s nine times out of ten is there What's any is there any um, coffee that's a hundred? Um, none that I've tried. That, what, like usually what's the highest you've tried? Highest I've tried. What did I try? Um, I tried like a rare um, uh, rare Kenyan lot, which had like a ninety six score. Do you wow. not find with coffee though? And I swear you told me this about the way they spray the beans and like mat and all that. They don't Rock. spray them mat. Or whatever, yeah, you know it's what I mean. Over roasting like, makes them shiny. What yes. I mean is that you find that regardless of how speciality is, whatever Q score, the taste that you like is always the one you go for. What you like is what you like, a hundred percent. By yeah. having a higher Q, Q grade score, does not guarantee you that it'll taste that, better. Or that, yeah, that will be to your preference. If it is sub eighty, then it's probably not going to be that great. Mm. Just as a general. What's, what's most coffee? Like, what's most like high street coffee going to use? They won't get a Q grade score. Because there's no point. Because it's gonna pitch them at a low mark. You're not gonna no, buy. Really. A, you're not gonna no, buy. No, you think if a co- if a coffee is good, then let's get this graded. Exactly. If you're a speciality yeah. roaster, you will go out of your way to get a Q grade score. Okay. Kenko are not going out and thinking let's get a Q grade okay, score for yeah, yeah. Our, so like Starbucks and all that won't bother. They won't bother with a Q grade score. No. no. Exactly. There we go. Right. That's wow. it for this week, guys. Thank you so, so much for listening to the More Than Muscle podcast. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. All the support. Um, yeah, everything like that. If you're obsessed with us, then we've got <laughs> loads more on our episodes. So many more. <laughs> I'm anxious for next week. It's, 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 it's oh. the one healthy habit you can have. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, you can follow us on um, Instagram. We're at More Than Muscle LTD, at PT Andy Polides at Max Dodd Fitness and at PT Nat Sylvester. Have a fabulous week. Okay, see you next week.